God's best gifts. Have you ever re-gifted a gift? Raise your hand. Just kidding. Don't. Don't. Because uh, it wasn't really a gift you wanted, right? I mean, maybe it was nice. Maybe it wasn't nice. I don't know. And you thought, well, I'll just give it to somebody else and maybe they'll like it. I remember at a white elephant Christmas gift exchange one year, we got this gift. I can't remember what it was, but we didn't really like it or want it. So you know what we did? We brought it to the next year's white elephant gift exchange. We wrapped it up. Regifting, right? Why not? We didn't want it. Well, regifting can be okay, but it's not giving the best gift, right? We know that. It's a gift we didn't want. We didn't value it enough to keep it. And regifting saved us money. A best gift is a gift we think about. We're willing to spend resources on it. A best gift, we, we think about it because we want the person who received it to experience joy. So if we love deeply, love and care deeply about a person, we're not going to re-gift something we didn't want. If we love and care deeply about a person, we're going to use all of our resources to get them the best gift possible. Now in 2023 Christmas Easter season, we're taking time in worship to open and then receive God's best gifts to us through Jesus. Uh, next week we'll talk about the church, which Rick will talk about the gift we're trying to give over in Ukraine. Forgiveness, next Sunday, and Christmas Eve day, uh, we'll talk about hope. And today we're going to begin with God's best gift of adoption. And this is what God's Spirit moved the Apostle Paul to write. Even before he made the world... God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God has decided to adopt us into his family. What does that mean? How does it happen? What does it look like? How does it change our lives? But before we're going to get to the positive side of adopt, being adopted by God, we're going to look at uh, the negative that sometimes people have experienced through something called the orphan train. Anybody hear the orphan trains? Actually, we, after the first service this morning, someone came and said, hey, my grandpa went on the orphan train when he was five, and he got picked at the last stop. True story. Anyway, orphan trains. Uh, Boy and girl orphans from East Coast, usually the cities, to communities in Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Missouri, Texas, and Nebraska. These trains ran periodically for 75 years, from 1854 to 1929, an estimated 250,000 orphans, abandoned kids, homeless kids, transported by trains to rural communities in hopes of providing a better life for them. And uh, the orphan trains were run by the Children's Aid Society. Now, on paper, this sounds like a great idea. Reality was often very different. Many orphan children went to live with families that had actually placed orders, saying we want this age of kid, this sex of kid, this hair color, and this eye color. They ordered an orphan to fit. New York City used the orphan trains as a way of sending their problem homeless children out of the city out west. Just get rid of them. And many orphan kids on the orphan trains were sick, sickly, disabled, and they were all suffering from childhood trauma. They've all lost their parents. 
Some families had real utilitarian motives for adopting an orphan-trained child. They needed an extra, extra hands to work on the farm, a hired hand. Or they needed an older child to watch the younger kids do, house, do household chores. So even when the orphan-trained kids got adopted, I mean, they weren't orphans anymore, but oftentimes life was pretty bleak, just hard work. Uh, and sometimes it felt for these orphan-trained kids that they were held hostage by their new adopted family. They had to work for room and board. I mean, that, that was going to be their life. This is not what the Apostle Paul is talking about. There's nothing negative about God the Father choosing to, to adopt us into his family through Jesus. I mean, whereas many of the orphan-trained kids' uh, adoption led to a bleak life, God adopting us in Jesus leads us into a powerfully positive life of belonging to God and being loved by God. So we're going to walk through four life-changing truths the Apostle Paul right, reveals to us about our adoption by God. The first truth, very simple, the Father chose to adopt us not out of pity, but because he loves us. Can you imagine being one of the kids on the orphan train? And you're heading out west, you don't know where, and at each stop, the kids line up, other kids are chosen, but you're not. And now you know you're coming to the last stop. There's just a few kids left on the orphan train. And you stand outside the train, and the other kids get picked, and you're not. You're just left there alone. And then one of the orphan train representatives comes and kind of pulls a mom and dad over your direction. And uh, the family looks you over, and they literally look you over from top down to your toes. And then they deliver their verdict. And you hear them say, well, this isn't the child we wanted. Wrong hair color, wrong gender, wrong eye color, wrong age. They don't look strong enough. But I guess we feel sorry for them, and they're the last one, so we'll take them home. They don't ever ask your name. Imagine being adopted because someone pities you. Then reimagine the whole thing. You're on the orphan train, and same thing, you know, other kids get picked on all the stops you're not. You get to the last stop. The other kids get picked. You're standing there alone. And just then a mom and dad walk up and they ask you your name. Who are you? And you tell them your name and they smile at you. These big, broad smiles. And you notice that there's tears coming out of the corner of both eyes of the mom. And then you hear them say to you, we've been looking for you all our life. You're perfect. We would love for you to come and into our home and be our child. That is the motivation God the Father has in adopting us into his own family. Not pity, not because God is stuck with us. God has chosen us because he wants us in his family. That's why Paul wrote, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Second truth, the Father's plan is to adopt us through Jesus. Paul wrote, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now, we all plan differently, right? Some of us are last-minute planners. Oh, let's go out to eat tonight. Oh, let's, uh, uh, let's go see what the movie theaters are playing. Oh, the game's on. Oh, call up some friends. Have them come over. We don't plan ahead. We just make a decision and make it work. Some of us are kind of medium-range planners. We go, hey, let's, let's go out to eat next Wednesday. That would work good. Or, hey, I hear the new movie's opening next week in the theater. What night should we go? 
or hey, a couple weeks of big playoff games coming up, let's, let's get a bunch of friends over for that and have pizza together. Well, God's not a last-minute planner. He's not trying to figure out quick how to save people from sin and death. God's not a medium-range planner, planning a month or a couple years out how to pay people, save people from sin and death. God is the ultimate range planner. God decided in advance. So from before the beginning, God knew and understood what he would need to do to save us from sin and death. And God the Father was committed from before the beginning to adopt us into his family through Jesus. God has always had on his mind to adopt you into his family. We don't have to figure out how we can get into God's family. God already has a place in place a plan for you and I to be adopted into his family. Third truth, our adoption brings joy to the Father's heart. Paul wrote, this is what God wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. A few years back, a new word entered our vocabulary called adulting. Adulting. Uh, it seems like young adults leaving home for the first time to get their first job, whether out of college or high school or Votech, whatever, get the apartment, get the job, or finding out what real adult world life is like. And uh, no more carefree childhood life, but the adult world of work and responsibility. And for whatever reason, some seem shocked at the work and responsibility required to be an adult. You have to earn a paycheck. You have to pay your bills. You have to manage your money. You have to avoid debt. You have to do laundry, prepare meals, maintain a car, take care of insurance, and on and on and on and on. And no one will do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And sometimes entering the adult world can make us wonder, am I ever going to have as much fun and joy as I did as a kid? Am I? And to some extent, all of our adult life, we're, we're trying to find joy in the middle of all this responsibility of work. What about God? Just think about God. God created everything that existed. God created humankind, the man and the woman, placed them in a life-giving, life-sustaining garden. What joy filled the Father's heart. A beautiful, perfect creation. Everything's just as it should be. And then both the man and the woman, deceived into thinking that God was withholding the best from them, rebelled. They basically say, God, we don't want to be your kids anymore. We want to be in charge of our own life. What sorrow filled God the Father's heart. The beautiful and perfect world, broken by sin, the man and the woman and all humankind ever since just wandering off, doing their own thing. What deep sorrow to have something so perfect and beautiful broken. What would it take to bring joy back to God the Father's heart? You. You and I bring joy to God the Father's heart when we accept being adopted back into his family through Jesus. God smiles with joy. God runs towards us and gives us a big hug. When you accept being adopted by God through Jesus into, the, into his family, you bring joy to the Father's heart. I bring joy to the Father's heart. Say it with me. I bring joy to the Father's heart. Say it again. I bring joy to the Father's heart. You may have never had that thought before, but it's right in the Bible. We bring joy to the Father's heart. The fourth truth, we're no longer held hostage. We've been adopted into God's family. We're no longer held hostage by the power of sin, death, and the devil, or our past, 
our fear of what's going to happen, our fear of God. No, no, that's gone. We've been adopted by the Father. We live in the freedom and joy of being in his family. We live in God the Father's house. It's a safe place. It's a healing place. It's a place of contentment. It's a place of joy. The Apostle Paul was guided by God's Spirit to write about it this way. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Now that, that translated Abba, Father, the Father is the Greek word for Father. Abba is just an Aramaic word transliterated because that's the word that Jewish kids would call their dad when they first learned to talk, Abba. And unlike our culture today that we may change to Father, they just kept with Abba all of their life. That close connection between a child and their father. So when we are adopted by God and his family, we have this, we're given the spirit of adoption, the spirit of knowing we belong to the Father. He wants us, he welcomes us, and he's guiding our lives. We're not hostages to anything anymore. We're set free to enjoy the Father's love. And one of the best things about God's gift of choosing to adopt us through Jesus Christ is we're no longer held hostage. We're adopted into the family. So in the war between Hamas and Israel, Hamas took hostages initially. And now recently, I think last week, some were being released in a hostage-prisoner exchange. One of the Israeli hostages being released, that was released, was a nine-year-old girl, nine years old, named Emily. She'd been a hostage for 50 days before her release. She had been kept underground in a tunnel. Her captors had told her not to make any noise or cry out. And being a nine-year-old girl, out of fear for her life, she obeyed. In fact, she didn't use even her normal talking voice. She started whispering incredibly quietly for fear that she would get in trouble if she did anything but barely whispered. And when she was released, she was asked, how long were you held for? She said, about a year. About a year. Needless to say, it was a great moment when Emily was released and reunited with her father. Got to see a picture of that. And her, Emily and her dad are hugging, and it's a long hug. She's uh, safe in her father's arms, finally. But being a hostage took a toll on Emily. The fear of what she went through still haunted her. So when she was first released and back in her father's arms in this great big hug, she whispered so quietly. She would not talk. She just whispered so quietly that her dad had to take his ear and put it right here to hear the whisper. She's still living in fear, as if she was still a hostage. Now, three days later, new news report, her dad said, I can hear her three feet away now. She's getting there, but she's not back to normal. It's going to take some time. Now, some of us who have been adopted by God the Father through Jesus are acting as if we're still hostage to bad stuff. We still live in fear. We're afraid to hope. We whisper through life. We're afraid of being judged. We live as if we're slaves to what we've been through in the past, when in fact, God the Father has adopted us into his family, and we moved out of our past into the present, living with the Father in his house. We're not hostages anymore. In Jesus, we're God the Father's kids. We don't whisper in fear. We sing with joy. We laugh. We smile as we think about what God's done for us. Think about it. The God of all creation 
is our Father through Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. What a great gift that we've been given. So that means our confidence in life is that through Jesus Christ, God the Father has chosen us. Our confidence is not that we have chosen Jesus. It's not that we have such strong faith that we pray enough, read the Bible enough, give enough money to what God's doing in the world. Our confidence has nothing to do with what we do. Our confidence is that before creation, God chose in advance to adopt us into his family through Jesus. And we respond to that by putting our faith in Jesus and everything changes. Our confidence is in nothing that we do. Our confidence is that God has chosen us. So to help this sink in, uh, when you came in, hopefully you picked up one of these. If you didn't, you can pick, up, pick one up when you head out the door. It's a, I, it's a uh, what did I call it? A reminder of who I am prayer. Just listen to it first. I have been chosen by God. I have signed my adoption papers by placing my full trust in Jesus Christ. I am no longer a hostage to sin, death, and the devil. I am free from fear. I bring joy to the Father's heart. I am a child of God. Jesus has changed everything. I invite the worship team to come on up as we close up here. I invite you to stand with me, and I'm going to ask you to just say that, pray that with me. It's kind of a combination of reminding yourself who you are and letting God know that you know who you are. And it's really important. So pray together with me. I have been chosen by God. I have signed my adoption papers by placing my full trust in Jesus Christ. I am no longer a hostage to sin, death, and the devil. I am free from fear. I bring joy to the Father's heart. I am a child of God. Jesus has changed everything. Amen. And if you, don't, if you don't have one yet, pick one up, take it home, and remind yourself this week who you are. You've been adopted by the Father. It's one of his best gifts. Let's close and worship together.